Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. This week on Meet and 3, we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month with an episode about memory. I've always read and sort of approached cookbooks for more than the recipes. To me, they are full of narrative content and narrative value. So Malama Aina basically means to take care of the land. For us as Hawaiians, it's taking care of our older sibling. But I do remember like definitely feeling like self-conscious about it, like being the only one who kind of wasn't eating a sandwich and like didn't have a bag of goldfish or Lunchables. Listen to Meet and 3 wherever you get your podcasts. Je suis un grand canard, monsieur la tête de bombe de terre. Lou, are you speaking in tongues? Oh, Chava, I thought you spoke French. I do, Lou. I've lived in Nice for a year. And what exactly is that that you're trying to speak? <laughs> well, I'm trying to speak French. Okay, if you say so. And what are you trying to say in French? I am saying I would like to try your sombre mezcal, please. Again, okay, if you say so. But why are you attempting to order your sombre in French? Oh, Chava, young Chava, have you not heard? There is a new sombre on the market, the Reposi. I think you mean Reposado? No, Chava, that's Spanish. I'm speaking French. Then I think you mean Reposé. Ah, le Reposé is fantastico. <laughs> Still not French, but could you please get to the point? Yeah, sure. Sombra has a new aged version of their award-winning Espadine Mezcal and is being aged in Bored Duck's oak wine barrels. <laughs> Good Lord, Bordeaux. Oh, yeah, yeah, that actually sounds better. Bordeaux wine barrels from, um, from, me. could you read this for me? Okay, okay, let me check. Chateau Le Ville Poiferré. Wow, that's one of the original second growth states in Bordeaux established in 1855? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure exactly what second growth means, but I can tell from all of your exclamation points that it's significant, which is what I figured from everything I've been reading about this. So I'm thinking the next time I go to a mezcal bar and I try to order a copita full of sombra rep, sombra, sombra reposé. Right. Next time I go to order a copita of Sombra Reposé, I'm going to have to be able to speak fancy. Fancy talk gets you fancy mezcal. I'm guessing you could just say, I like the Sombra Reposé. You know nothing is that simple with me, Chava. I do, Lou, but for everyone else, just say, I like the Sombra Reposé. I love a farmer's market. I love buying my vegetables and my fruits directly from the men and women who grow them. But it turns out there's another way that you can support them from your bar. Did you know that something like 40% of produce is wasted after a farmer's market because it's imperfect or it's bruised? That same imperfect and bruised produce is perfect for making syrups and flavored ice cubes 
or it can be dehydrated into powders or fermented into shrubs, both things that you can use in making cocktails. World-class U.S. Bartender of the Year, Adam Fournier, has a project on DiageoBarAcademy.com that helps you do exactly that. Check out his series, So Fresh and So Glean, on DiageoBarAcademy.com. Diageo Bar Academy is a free online resource for hospitality professionals, offering resources for bartenders, bar managers, and venue owners. Stay informed, get inspired, and nurture connections to grow your career or your business by joining Diageo Bar Academy. Visit DiageoBarAcademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Visit today. It's completely free and you will be amazed at all they have to offer. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Log on now at diageobaracademy.com to raise the bar and enhance your career. I am Lou Bang. I am Chala Perivan. This is Agave Road Trip, the podcast, award-winning podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Chava, I want to talk about the vehicles by which most gringos, most gringos come to agave spirits. Um, Margaritas? margaritas i was sure you were going to say something like a vw bus Mar- so margaritas <laughs> no, i don't make those jokes no those are my yeah, jokes that, those are your jokes don't, don't step on the dad jokes <laughs> yeah 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 like so most most of us here in the us of a the way that we drink alcohol unless it's a wine or a beer the way that we drink alcohol is part as part of a cocktail right okay. yeah yeah we've discussed this uh multiple multiple times but yeah. but then what, what are we saying about this then? Oh, well so if you think about the 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 cocktails that are probably most ordered and hey if you're a gringo bartender and you disagree just uh, send us a note through the website about which ones we missed but i think probably the most consumed uh cocktails in the usa that utilize agave spirits would be margaritas tequila sunrises oaxaca old fashions and mezcal mules. I think I've only had the margarita. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, but whatever. Okay. okay so so okay. That, 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 that's the case. And, and then, well, well, here's give the me thing. more. Give there's me more. A com- I know. I'm getting there. <laughs> I promise I'm getting there. So there's a commonality about all four of those. And you know what the commonality is? Uh, well, actually, there's two. I guess agave spirits is one of the yes, commonalities. Uh, yeah, and yeah. the second? Is they all have sweeteners in the recipe. Oh, you mean... The, the way you craft it, uh, uh, part of it, it's an sweet. ingredient. Yeah. An ingredient is something that adds sweetness to 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 the to the cocktail. Yeah, and you know, and I think it's probably, and again, you know, I'm not a bartender, so bartenders, if you disagree, send me a note. <laughs> but I think most cocktails tend to call for some kind of sweetener, and mm. you know, and this made me think. Uh, as as you and I were in the car driving, <laughs> talking about videos that we watched on uh, on the Diageo Bar Academy website, this made me think about the video uh, that Katie Renshaw, mm-hmm. who's a bartender in Chicago, um, who was the 2019 World Class U.S. Bartender of the Year. Pew, pew, pew. Right? It made me think about a video that she had where she talked about different ways to make simple syrup. 
So it, because simple syrup is something you buy in the store, right? Well, you can, it's, but it's simple. That's the point to it. You shouldn't buy it in the store. So, you should make your own. So it should be neutral. I, I guess you're trying to tell me you have a quote from her that maybe it's going to eliminate this matter a little bit more. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I Thank you do. very much. So, so let's should we just, that. we should run yeah, Katie's yeah, yeah, quote? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. So when you're balancing out a cocktail, obviously sugar is a super important and essential component and you know, lots of classic cocktails will, uh, you know, default to simple syrup because, you know, white sugar is available everywhere. And thus like classic cocktails can be recreated around the world. But when you're creating cocktails for your own, you know, personal consumption or for your own cocktail program, really is the options are really endless. The possibilities go way beyond just like white processed sugar. And so I really like to explore choosing a sweetener based off its flavor and how it's going to play in that specific cocktail and having all of these different alternative sweeteners available, you know, you're really able to hone in the flavor of your cocktail and make it really special. And also additionally, some sweeteners you can choose can give a cocktail a sense of place. Like one of my favorite sweeteners to use is honey, uh, honey, changes based off of where it's from, based off of its source, based off of what the bees are pollinating. There's tons of different flavors you can tap into with honey. I mean, there's, there's wildflower honey. There's, there's buckwheat honey. That's going to have like a baking spice type flavor. There's acacia honey. That's going to be like lighter. Um, I mean, there's another commonly found one. Orange blossom honey is going to be a little floral, a little citrusy. And then there's like super medicinal honeys like eucalyptus honey or manuka honey. So there's literally like this whole gamut of flavors just within honey. Okay, now I'm excited. Now I can talk about this. I was starting to get very bored I about this whole thing. Yeah, I know you okay, okay. So. So, of course, this makes ton of sense. You know, we're talking about craft cocktails. So if you're going across the planet to find beautiful, extremely complicated to find agave spirits, why the hell would you use industrially made available cheap syrup? Nothing against Domino's. They make great sugar and great pizza. <laughs> but everything against Domino's. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. But but this finally, finally, somebody says yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. You know, she said this to me, and it, like just like you're getting excited, I got excited during the interview, and then I like my head started going to okay, so you know. You go to these, we go to these farms where the men and women are making these agave spirits. And it's not like they're only growing agave. They've got all these other plants growing. Yes. Right. And all these other plants have to be pollinated. So there are bees there. And I'm sure, I mean. Oh, I love where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when I go to the mercados, I see honey for sale. I've never, I've never had a mescalero say, here's some honey from our Yes, yeah. Chava. No, yes. Chava, yeah, I call on Chava. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and even, you know, in Sola de Vega, uh, what, like our, our famous legendary Olegario, yeah. when I, I got to his place, he he they were very fond of the wasps. Uh, what, how do you call the house of wasps? Uh, uh, well, what, you, a hornet's <laughs> nest? A nest. Yeah. yeah, like a hornet's nest. Yeah. They will eat that. They would eat the nest. The nest. But they, there's, they make... The do also, hornets do the same thing? Do they make honey? They do, they do something very different. But they, they, <laughs> they, loved, they, they, they love the nest, and I think they, they refer to some sort of sugarish element to it. Yes, of course, thinking about the different honeys that you can find in the different communities of Oaxaca, but I'm sure there's also some other sweet stuff 
yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. harvest in these places that we just don't know about because we haven't talked about it and nobody's looking for that right now. Right. Well, you know, and I don't know what it's like to put a hornet's nest into a box and <laughs> ship it to the U.S., but what I do know is, like, it's got to be relatively easy compared to moving booze across state lines, across international lines. Um, it's got to be relatively easy to actually move honey across and why not like where is that line of honeys that reflect the different communities that make agave spirits and not only that you know who would know oh Oh, you know who would know who vinic like Ah. we should we should oh vinic could totally uh, hure vinic hure yes correct vinic would totally have access to all these honeys from the communities that he hangs out and and not only this also a lot of these communities have sugar canes around them yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. so yes. So you could do sugar cane products that are you, used that are to processed sin- more crudely. And she, you know, a big piece of what she Filoncillo. talks about in that video, right? In that video that that we watched on the Diageo Bar Academy site was about the um, uh, the Pioncio. Yeah, the, the crudely right. And I like I don't know what it takes to make that, but you know, if you've got guys who are able to process sugar cane into booze. I would imagine they can. They do. They do that all the time, and I think this is gets closer to what, like, in an utopic world, cocktails would be for me, where you're ch- like every part of it, it it really reflect like that. There's consistency is the worst uh, word to, to refer to this, but I I think viscosity. No consistency. No. <laughs> oh, consistency. Consistency. Like, in, is in it ge- consistent? Well, from yes. What? Like everything, it's sort of pointing at the same direction but but through complexity oh yes <laughs> now i've got you so <laughs> so if in essence i think what i hear you saying is if you're going to take a beautifully made heritage agave spirit From right Kutra. where it's going to taste like there, there are absolutely agave spirits that are made to taste the same from one release to the next so that bartenders you know what you're getting every single time and mm. you can make use it as a recipe but it's sort of in the same way that you've got, and I don't want to suggest that all margaritas come from a place like McDonald's, but, you know, you've also got like these fancy restaurants like Alinea, right, where they take special ingredients that you're only going to taste for, you know, two months in your life, and then they disappear. It's going to be different next time. And take that same approach to cocktails. Please. With these beautiful, oh please, and and right from the same oh the community, which also okay so so then that makes me think about that makes me think about the miel de pachuga. Oh yes, okay, I'll explain that. I guess yes, yes, actually double yes, but explain that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> right, so you've got this this agave spirit referred to as pachuga, uh, which translates to breast, but I think generally refers to chicken breast. Yes, okay, <laughs> it always refers to chicken breast. Always, <laughs> yeah, well. You would never talk about the pachuga of a turkey? Yes, or turkey, but but never a human breast. Never a human breast, Uh, but an animal breast. Yes, correct. Okay. So, uh, like, you'll make your agave spirit, and then you'll throw, and it's finished, and you could just drink it and be happy. But then you throw it back into the still uh, because your mom said it's missing something, and it needs something. So you throw it back in the still, and you add a bunch of fruit, and you add some rice, and you add some cinnamon, and you add some almonds, and you add a chicken breast, and you distill it again. And the act of, the act of distillation, you're heating up that liquid above 173 degrees below 212 so that the alcohol turns to a vapor and leaves the still in a nutshell right yeah yeah that's fine that's 
Perfectly That's close fine. enough. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm good with it. So, in essence, what you're doing is your your the liquid is capturing the flavors from all of those ingredients and leaving the still with those flavors. But left back in that still, you've got all of this fruit and all of these ingredients that have been simmering for hours, and and they all come together in ways that you cannot imagine. Yeah. Like I I I I've burnt my mouth. Because I really like it smells so good. <laughs> you give the it, hot stuff. Yeah, I had the hot stuff. I, 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 it just smells so crazy good that you cannot control yourself. You throw, you throw the like that piece of banana has been soaking in that honey of everything coming together into your mouth. Even if you're burning, it still tastes great. God, it's, it's, that's funny. It reminds me of when I was a kid. I think I was 22 years old before I stopped burning my mouth on the hot <laughs> cheese on pizza for the exact same reason. Exactly. So, yeah, that's another source of a sweetener that it's delicious. It's beautiful. It's linked to the mezcal in so many ways. And it's different from community to community. So, okay. So then let's talk about another sweetener. I'm curious. What's your view of agave nectar? Uh <laughs> Why? Why do you have to make it? Uh, we're we're in a good path. I don't know. Do you? Okay, may, maybe I I'm an ex, like I haven't found the one that makes me excited. My understanding is most of it is made using diffusers. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that, that's my understanding of it as well. I you know I I I use I I consumed agave uh, nectar for a long time. I know that there was a big movement against it. Um, for what the, reason? The the. As far as I remember, because it was mediocre. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Well, two things, right? <laughs> so the first thing that was at the broader scale here in the USA um, was that this stuff that was made from agaves, which take forever to reach maturity, and it's a bad use of Ugh. this resource yeah. that takes forever to reach yeah. maturity, right? When you can make a, a syrup out of sugarcane, why are you taking an eight-year-old agricultural product to do it? And I, I if kind of- was, If it was fortunate, I will absolutely agree that they will- Dishly, if it was yeah, delicious, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the other thing that um, that I I hear a lot from uh, my friends who uh, who are mescaleros is the problem with agave nectar is it's not really from agave. That maybe two percent of it is agave and the rest of it is sugar. Now, I, like just um, sugar, sugar cane, cane, sugar. Yeah, I, I don't know that I believe that. They certainly believe it. Um, but but then that also makes me think. Okay, so what about sotal nectar? We have tried that. We have tried that. You uh, also weren't very impressed. You were beta, very excited. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love sweet stuff, though, I have to say. Yeah. Like, I have a really That's sweet That's why you're like hanging out with me. Hey, I don't know about that. Nope. But, uh, so, like, I, I get very excited about honey, for example. I've had, like, I just had some honey in Durango that was dense and thick and, and, and beautiful. And, and I, like, I just think out it makes me happy. But I didn't feel that with the Sotol syrup either. So I'm just talking from my from my mutant mouth perspective. Yeah, Again, yeah, it can yeah. be very wrong. Okay, so I think I think then let's just, you know, let's wrap it up with the thought that I think we wrap it up with the thought that there are all of these different sweetener choices and it's possible to make choices of sweeteners if you're gonna make a cocktail with an agave spirit to choose a sweetener that actually comes from the place that the spirit comes from that is coherent with the complex spirit that you're pairing it with okay so it's either from the same place or as complex as i just think it's that i that, like like, that. like don't 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 wear the ferragamo shoes and then the h&m shirt Perfect. And uh, really and truly gringo bartenders uh, or, or non-gringo bartenders, since Chava and I don't make cocktails, if we got something wrong here, 
let us know. And uh, and there you go. Adios. Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.